Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Now, it's definitely a get-on-your-bike message tonight, as my next guest will soon be embarking on a 3,200-mile cycle ride around the country, uh, specifically to raise money for children's hospices. To tell me more about her challenge and the reasons behind it is the lady herself, Francesca Lennon, and she joins me on the line now. Good evening, Francesca. Good evening, Clyde. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Not at all. Thank you for your time this evening. First of all, Francesca, tell me all about you, because you're a children's nurse, aren't you? And this is part of the connection that you're doing this cycle ride. Um, so how has this affected you and how has this inspired you? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a children's nurse, like you say. I worked in the NHS in London for 10 years. And then I was always really interested in palliative care and I moved into working for children's hospices about four years ago. And I was just completely blown away by the support they gave and what they do um and especially even though i'd been a children's nurse for 10 years i had no idea what they really offered and i just gained this complete understanding of what seriously ill children and families go through at home um and what they what support they need and the support a children's hospice can do and i thought if i didn't know as a nurse what they offer then how how is the public supposed to know as well and you know that's a huge part of my inspiration for this is just to try and get the message out there about how valuable our children's hospices are and like most hospices or all hospices really i suppose they don't get any state funding do they no so about again i I just assumed this was part of what the nhs offered that you know any child would be would be entitled to that support but children's hospices are approximately 87 percent charity funded Mm. and so you know they're reliant on fundraising and the money raised by by the public and you know their work through charity shops and things like that um, to, to give children this support and I can't explain enough from having seen firsthand you know how much these families need and rely on this support. You say they're 87% charity funded what's your understanding of the remaining 13% where does that come from? So I think they get, they get um, a very small amount from the government so I think that the, 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 there is a small percentage that will come through through the NHS. I'm not exactly sure how that works. I more know um, on you know that the large majority is the is the charity amount, um, and that you know the charities are dependent on that to run. What made you make the jump then from working within the NHS to going to work within you know the children's hospices? Um, I'd always been really interested in palliative care, and I just hadn't quite known how to make that move, and I was just actually really randomly one boxing day evening couldn't sleep and looked up for jobs in the charity sector and this hospice at home job came up at Rennie Grove Hospice Care in Buckinghamshire and I read through it and I thought gosh that sounds like you know exactly what I want to be doing so it kind of fell into my lap um actually you know a combination of luck and opportunity I guess and you know I can't imagine doing anything differently now. And I suppose you know it's fair to say that that hospices provide absolutely key vital support not only to the children in their care but also to their families as well yes i mean i i think you've hit the nail on the head there you know when you've got a seriously ill child it's it's not just the child that's impacted it's the whole family and that siblings parents providing that care i think um children's hospices are also quite different to adult hospices in that the care can start from the diagnosis of when a child has a life-limiting or life-threatening condition. Mm. So they can look after children for many, many years, any amount of time that they need. Um, And that care is exhausting for families at home, and that's where generally children and families want to be at home, and it's about facilitating 
that support so that they can live the lives they can at home and also have that support from coming into a children's hospice as well when it's needed. Tell me then all about Francesca's 3,200-mile ride. I think you're mad. but <laughs> oh, I know. People keep on telling me that, and I think I've normalised it in my head, and every so often I think, oh, no. <laughs> so how is this um, going to work then? <laughs> so it was inspired by the children and families I look after. Like, I wanted to do something to raise as much awareness as I could for what they go through and, and the support they need. Um, and then I went to a talk by Ben Fogel, the adventurer explorer mm. about Everest, and he said at the end, find your Everest. And I thought, gosh, I wonder what my, what my Everest could be. Like, I love that idea that it doesn't need to be climbing Everest. And I thought, well, I want to do something that, you know, advocates for our children and families and where I can be a voice. And I want to raise awareness for children's hospices and what they do. And I'm quite, you know, I was before a runner. I'd never really ridden a bike that much. But I thought, well, what if we joined up all, all the charities? Because they're all individual charities as mm. well. Um, so I thought, what if we join them all up and then we bring everyone together in this mission to raise as much awareness and money as possible? Um, but you can't run around them all. Like, that wouldn't really, well, it would have taken far too long. Mm. So I had to learn to cycle. Yes. So tell, talk me through your route then. You're actually going really all around the country, aren't you? Yeah, so you can, um, anyone that wants to see my route can see it on the website, which is um, chatukproject.com, and it looks like a very complicated dot-to-dot. But it goes, yeah, it goes, you know, as far south as Cornwall, up to Scotland, over to Belfast um, and the Isle of Man, um, both places I've never been to before, actually, which is exciting. Um, But it starts at Helena Douglas Children's um, Hospice in Oxford, which was the world's first children's hospice. Um, and this year is the 40th anniversary of it as well, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, is amazing. Children's hospices have only been around for 40 years. Sure. Um, and we, we lead the way in, in children's hospice care. So to give a bit of an idea, approximately the USA has but three children's hospices, Canada has about six, and Australia has three as well. So is that ha- all? Having, yeah, I know. That's I know. Everyone's amazed when... Yeah, so we really do. People come over here to find out about our children's hospice model so that they can take it back over to their countries. Um, which, again, when you see what they do and when you're involved in that world, you just it's so child and family focused and there's so much kindness and compassion and giving children and families choice in where they're cared for and the support they have. It is incredible. Um, so yeah. hopefully, you know, we can just raise even more awareness sure. for that. So it, so it starts at Helen House, and then I kind of go, yeah, all the way around the UK. I finish, the last one I go to is um, called Charlton Farm, which is in Bristol, mm-hmm. um, and then come back to Cheney's, where I live for a homecoming party. Excellent. Now talk me through uh, Together for Short Lives and Chat UK, because you mentioned Chat UK a second ago, which is your website. So how, how are they getting involved, or what, what's the connection there? So, yeah, Chat UK is, I guess almost like a project so that's my project to raise um awareness for children's hospices and then together for short lives are the, are the charity so they're the national palliative care charity for children um and what they do is they get again they're a charity themselves but they raise awareness nationally for children's palliative care and for the children's hospices um, and they have something called a national fundraising scheme where all the money that goes towards that gets split between all the different children's hospices oh i wondered how that worked I know, so did I when I first had the idea. I thought, how do I raise money but split it between all the hospices? But that's where Together Short Lives do, you know, such an incredible job in in 
raising awareness and money and making sure it goes to the right places. So all the money that's raised through Chat UK goes towards the national fundraising scheme, so it will get split between all the different children's hospices. How much money are you hoping to raise with the ride, Francesca? So we've got a really ambitious aim. So we want to raise Mm £500,000, but I can't do that by myself. You know, that, that will not come just from me doing the ride. I mean, it may do. That would be amazing if it did um, but for me a huge part of this project as well is just getting people involved and getting people behind it as well um, because I think you know there's such power in togetherness isn't there and mm-hmm. if we can show these children and families that you know we're listening to, to what they need and we want to all join together to listen and raise as much awareness as possible um, so one way we're doing that is um, we're doing something called Race Francesca where we're trying to find 1,000 children to sign up to do their own miles, and we're going to see if all together they can beat me to 3,200 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, children can be involved in their own project of raising money, um, doing some miles to raise money for seriously ill children, and at the same time try and beat me. And we'll announce each week how many miles I've done and how many miles the children have done. How long do you think it's going to take you to do this ride? Have you set, um, so a, have you set a sort of, you know, a, a framework to work with, or are you just going to go with the flow? Yeah, it's, it's quite prescribed, actually, because so it's going to take place over 10 weeks. Um, because a huge part of it is raising awareness, we've given each children's hospice its own day. Um, and so, obviously, for, for them to be able to get involved and raise awareness on that day as well, it has to be quite targeted. Mm. Um, so, yeah, each children's hospice has its own day. There's a few rest days thrown in there as well. Um, but yeah, 10 weeks. So I start on the 20th of June, which is the first day of Children's Hospice Week, and then I finish on the 28th of August. Gosh. And who knows if any problems will crop up along the way. You'll have to follow and find out. But you, <laughs> but you must have an amazing support team who are going to be accompanying you. I mean, you know, what sort of logistics have you got in place for that? Um He's called Tony, and he's my stepfather. Um, so he's been absolutely incredible. My mum and um, Tony do a lot of cycling, and so he's planned all the routes for me, which will on my Garmin. So I'll um, blindly follow my Garmin and hope it takes me the right way. Um, and then he's taken ten weeks off as well, so they have a kind of caravan motorhome type thing. So we're going to stay in that and camp um, each night in the, on a campsite and. Yeah, a huge part of this is about teamwork. Like, this is not just me doing this. I've had such incredible support from friends and family that have made it happen. So, you know, Tony coming along and being my support crew, and my friend who's done the website, another one did the logo. You know, it's a massive team effort, and I just hope that we're able to get more and more people involved as I go around. I mean, it it sounds a a mammoth task, but I'm sure, you know, it'll go really, really well. And uh, (laughs) obviously you're going to have to do battle with weather and, and, you know, and hills Mm. and dales and so on and so forth. Uh, What training have you had for this? So, a a lot of help. It's a very good question because when I had this idea, I couldn't properly ride a bike. So two years ago, I was getting up at 6.30 in the morning to cycle up and down a trail, practicing letting go with each hand. Um, And then someone said they knew someone that was really good with beginners and introduced me to this guy called Alistair, who was 82 and absolutely amazing. So he took me out cycling, got me into cycling in cleats. He was actually pushing me up the hills. (laughs) <laughs> at the age of 82 Gosh. and then when we stopped for coffee we'd joke to the uh, waitresses that I was there as his carer which I thought was hilarious <laughs> um, <laughs> and then over the last uh, three months I've been out cycling a lot again my mum's a very good cyclist so she's been taking me out a lot and 
we've gone from so I think a few months ago the longest I cycled was 30 miles and then last Sunday we did Ride London which was 100 miles and I did it excellent congratulations so so I am one of the um, patients I look after the um, mum said "Um, my husband finds it very funny how calm you are in all your in all your posts and I think probably the word is naive (laughs) Um, (laughs) or smoke and mirrors so I've got no idea what to expect. You know, I'm much more confident on the bike. I can, I, I, I know I can do the distance, but people talk about saddle sore, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really know what that is, and um, I'm sure that's going to come to bite me at some point. Yes, I'm, I'm sure your stepfather has a medical kit or something that they'll be taking <laughs> just in case for for any little uh, problems that that crop up. Now, I mean, at this time of year, particularly, you know, when you're riding the 20th of June, that, that's fast approaching midsummer when we have the longest days. Mm. Uh, so that gives you a, a decent amount of daylight really when you think about it but how many hours a day do you intend to ride um as long as it takes Clive but it does um it completely varies really because again because I've given each children's hospice its own day some of some of them are much further apart than others so Mm. you know the smallest distance I'll ride in a day is nine miles which is one of the London ones because they're quite close together and the longest is 93 miles that I do in one day um, so I think it will range from one hour to eight hours, probably, give mm. or take any problems along the way. Um, so, yeah, we're completely very... And some of the ones, if you, I mean, you can see on my map, like up north, they're very, very, very spread out. So some of those will take us two or three days to do. Um, but we've tried to make it, again, because it's so much about raising awareness, we've tried to make it feasible at the same time. You know, this is about being able to get to each place so we can raise as much awareness as possible in that location for the local children's hospice. So... Hopefully. Ever. My stepfather tells me it's very doable. <laughs> oh, if he says that, then... You know, complete, if he says that, that's, that's what I'm going trust. by at the moment. Absolutely. Now, this isn't the first fundraising thing that you've done, is it? You've done lots of other things to raise money for charity. What does that consist of? There's so many amazing charities, aren't there? There's mm. just, you know, I wish I could involve them all in this challenge in some way. Um, so mainly, like I said, I was a runner, mainly a runner before, so I've done quite a lot of marathons um, and a couple of ultramarathons as well. A couple of um, what, sorry? Ultramarathons? Oh, ultramarathons. I thought you said vulture marathons. I'm thinking, oh no. my goodness me. No, ultramarathons, sorry. No, yes. that sounds like it would involve some sort of bird, but these ones didn't. Um, yeah, so... Um, and I've done them for various different charities. There's a charity called the Patrick um, Evans Foundation, which is um, for a friend that died in a skiing accident. And mm-hmm. uh, my friendship group and I, you know, we, we do a lot to raise money for them. And Patrick's motto was Carpe Diem, um, you know, and his, him and his family very much echo that. And it's been a big inspiration to me. And, you know, I carry that with me on, on all these other charity ventures as well. So how can we get in touch with you to support the ride, but also if we are one of or are parents of one of the thousand children that you're looking to do their own uh, contribution to it as well? So it's all on the website. So it's um, www.chatukproject.com. And so that's got all the information on there. And it's also got so um, children and families can download their own fundraising kit on there. So that's ready to go and you can just sign up on the website. Um, it's also got how you can donate on there as well. Obviously, we welcome all donations. You'll notice I keep on saying we, but I see this very much as a, um, a team effort. And, sorry. you know, the more people that can get behind and be part of this, the better. Do you have um, any... And then, so... Oh, sorry. sorry. No, sorry, do go on. I was just going to say I'm on social media. So Facebook, Instagram and Twitter is at chatuk54. 
Um, and then if people follow their local children's hospice as well, then, you know, hopefully they'll be posting and getting involved as well. How much money have you raised so far? I mean, clearly it hasn't happened, but you must have had some money trickling in. No, so we're at £10,000 at the moment, actually, wow. which I think, you know, 490 to go. But I think 10000 before it's even started is, you know, a, a huge, huge start. Um, I think we've that... done, I've done a couple of little events and, you know, over the past week or so since I did Ride London, um, I got a lot more Twitter followers, which is very exciting. I'm learning how to use that. Um, and lots more donations coming through as well. And I'm hoping that's, you know, a really positive sign that before it's even started... Um, hopefully we'll be able to get even more momentum when it, when it actually begins in Children's Hospice Week. I think that sets a very good precedent myself. Oh, thank you, Clive. I'm pretty I sure it so. will. Yes. Will you, will you let us know how you get on, Francesca, please? Yeah, uh, when, absolutely. When if you want me done. back on afterwards... I'll come uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, drop, tell drop, you all my cycling adventures. Drop <laughs> us an email. Uh, drop us an email in, and uh, we'll we'll chat with you again and find out how you got on and get your. Because I mean, I would imagine even after the the event is finished, you'll still have money coming in. Oh, I hope so. You know, I hope in. I've already been booked in for a few talks actually after it finishes. So, yeah, I'm hoping that you know, that will obviously continue because. It's not going. What these children and families need isn't going to stop when the challenge stops. No, that's right. You know, we need to continue doing doing that work and advocating for them. And even for five hundred thousand pounds split between the uh, the different children's hospices, they will do a tremendous amount of good with that money, and it will be of great, not necessarily monetary value to them, but they, you know they'll be mm. able to to do you know an awful lot of things and provide the children with the support and care and their families as well. Yeah, I really hope so. And, you know, if I if I can also, you know, change one person's perception of a children's hospice that makes them more open to the idea earlier, you know, then, then that will be enough for me. Just any difference we can make to these children and families. Lovely. Francesca Lennon, thank you very much indeed for talking Friday Night Clive and good luck. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.